Good afternoon. You are listening to The Marriage Project with Chapa and Bethany on Faith FM, where we talk about biblical wisdom for marriage and how that applies to real life. How are you going today, honey? I am tired. I feel like we're in a tired season of life right now. It has been a massive week. But that's okay, because I'm still standing and we're still here and half of life is just showing up anyway, so I'm cool with that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So today we're going to be talking about your marriage and ministering from your marriage. Okay. So we talk about marriage every week. So that's, yeah. that's something new. But that is true. <laughs> that's that's true. kind of what we do. But, oh, yeah. Yeah. But we are talking specifically, specifically about ministering from your marriage. Like how Correct. can you make your marriage something that honors and serves God? And how can you actually be actively involved in ministry? in some format, which is not just paid ministry. There's all kinds of ministry that is service to God. But how can you be involved in that as a team? Mm, Exactly. Cool. So, on a basic level, first up. Basic. Basic. Let's consider that we don't know what ministry means, why it's important for a Christian person. Can we do that, like, in a nutshell? What does it mean to do ministry? What does that look like? Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So, from a New Testament perspective, ministry is... It basically, it covers a whole range of stuff. Like it covers service for, like serving humanity. Yeah. Like making sure that hungry people have food, homeless people have clothes, um, people who need welfare get welfare. Like that kind of. So that's service ministry. There's also preaching ministry. Um, up, you know, edifying the church, uplifting Jesus, evangelism. There's so many things that come under the banner of ministry, but it's things that we do that we actively engage in. For the benefit of God's kingdom. Yes. To bring glory to Jesus Christ and to grow his kingdom. Whether that is through making the world simply a better place by our presence and our loving compassion and service, or whether it's by proclaiming the gospel and calling people into relationship with Jesus Christ, or strengthening the believers who already have a relationship with Christ, or discipleship, growing people's faith. All of that stuff comes under the very broad manner, which is ministry. Yeah. Banner, awesome. I should say. That's a great um, nutshell there, Chapo. And so, for those of you who are listening, who this is a new concept to you, just some places to look in your Bible. So, in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus gives his disciples something that is called the Great Commission, where after Jesus is done with his time on earth, he empowers his disciples and his friends and his followers to go out and to make other disciples and to teach other peoples the good news that Jesus died and rose again and is coming back for us. And so, he said, go and tell every Everybody to the ends of the earth that they need to believe in Jesus, that they need to get baptized, that they need to learn about what it means to be a part of the kingdom of God. Yep. Um, then you've got um, Ephesians chapter 4. It talks about how we have spiritual gifts, but the reason why we get those spiritual gifts aren't to make ourselves awesome, but that when the Spirit lives in us, that the Spirit helps us to build up the church, to build up one another and to serve one another and to serve yeah, the, the yeah. wider kingdom in our community. That's right. Yep. Some people have the spiritual gift of encouragement. Yeah. Which is which is to build up one another. It's not necessarily evangelistic, so to speak, but it's keeping people full while they go and do their service. Yes, which is super important because we can definitely get burnt out, dried up, and exhausted in our time of serving as well. That's so right. encouragement super important. Um, and another one as well is First Corinthians, where it talks about being a minister of reconciliation. Is that First Corinthians chapter five? My brain is telling me that it is. Um, Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter five. So it talks about how Jesus brought 
people brought humanity back together with his blood when he died on the cross, that he reunited broken human beings and that he wanted us to also go out and reunite broken yeah. human beings to God. Because you have been reconciled to God, go and become ministers of reconciliation. So what God has done for you, go out and make sure that other people experience that as well. Yeah. So this is a super important New Testament concept because in the Bible, it's not just about me and God doing our thing, getting my life to be awesome, but it's about how my relationship with God flows out to make the world around me a better place so that I can tell others about Jesus and his kingdom. It's a community focus. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Awesome. And so how do you do that as a married person? Because we live in a world where everything's quite individualistic. Our society focuses on the individual. We don't live in a village type culture. We live in a, you go to school, you get your grades, you get your independence, you get your degree, you do your career and everything is how you do it as a person pursuing your dreams and your future, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so that's gone how the days when you grew up thinks. in a village and um, you carried on whatever the, the family trade and family business was and, and lived in the same home and all that kind of stuff. Now we are very individualistic. We form our own views and opinions and everything largely based on who we follow on social media. Mm. Um, we don't have a lot of family support for how we raise our families. A lot of us don't have good role models in marriage. I don't, you and I never lived in a home with two parents and that's quite common mm. to, to model and learn and watch and see something that you want to grow into. Um, yeah, we are. We have definitely shifted the way that society works. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just thinking of, um, hang on a sec. <clears throat> Funny voice. I had a, um, a friend. We both had a friend, a mutual friend when we were at, were studying at college. And the whole time that he was there, he was saying, I can't get a girlfriend here. I can't get a girlfriend here. I can't get a girlfriend here because I need to go home after I finish my education to work in my family business. And it was such a mind blow to me. I was just like, but if you love somebody and you want to marry somebody or you want to be in a relationship, like surely your family would. And it just was so bizarre of a concept to me that his allegiance to his family business was greater than his desire to find love in, yeah, and, in that and, and, space. And he was from the Pacific Islands. Yeah, so um, different family culture. Different completely. family culture and, and still a much stronger commitment to the values of the family, which yeah. is something that we just don't resonate in Western society as much because we – we do what we want. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was, yeah, different circumstance. But it was, it was hard to listen to. It was like, what? Why? Why, why would that matter? Yeah, Love, you know. And I'm even finding it like myself at the moment. I've got a guy who's a personal trainer and a coach, and he's helping me to achieve some of my health goals. And he's not from a Christian background. So much of what he tries to encourage me along is about bettering my life for me as a person. And I am all for that. But I really struggle with, yeah, but community needs to be a part of what I'm thinking about as well and not just only myself. But he doesn't understand that concept at all because it's totally outside of his world view. Yeah. Yeah. And which is interesting. So, even though society has shifted a lot and we've become a lot more idealistic and less, um, I don't know, like tribal, I suppose, and, yeah. and, and having cultural religions and stuff like that, when we're Christians, we are part of the church. That's right. Which in the church is intended to be a family mm. with with not only um, culture and values and and things like that, but also with like support and concern and love and compassion and forgiveness and mercy and all that kind of stuff. It's supposed to be 
the village that doesn't exist in society anymore. Yeah, exactly. Um, I had a, a pastor friend of mine put it a good way. He was just like, stop talking about the church like it's this invisible entity. Cause if you go down to the building on a Tuesday morning, maybe nobody's going to be there because the church is the person who is also your next door neighbor or who works at your school or who, um, works at the shop who are all of these people. Like when you think about the church, don't think of it as this in, invisible entity or organization. Think about it as, a group of faces of people that are made up that serve. That's yeah. what the church yeah. is. Like when someone says, can't the church do something about this? Or can't the church give some money for this? Or can't the church? It's just like, no one lives at the church. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, you know, it's us. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I, I found that really interesting when last year, when we were supporting a family who had, um, they'd lost a family member. They'd gone through a really terrible circumstance and we were bringing them meal deliveries every day for weeks at a time because of this tragedy they'd been through. And somebody who was a friend of mine said, oh, that's really nice. Um, is your church doing that? And I'm like, yeah. And then I was also just like, but I'm doing it as well because I'm delivering it because I'm the part of the church. And I just, yeah. I sort of had this weird existential crisis that she wasn't part of at all because she was just like, well. <laughs> yep. But what is the church? Yeah. It is us. Yeah, that exactly. is the village that we exist in. And yeah. a church is made up of people, and often those people are part of families. Yeah, The exactly. church is a collection of families. And, you know, it's super important. And I don't know whether we've talked much about being part of God's community, but it's super important to be a part of God's community because we had just the other, just this week a funeral that we had to attend, and it was super sad, and I was gutted. But what was beautiful was that I noticed the community around me, and that is the gift that God has given us on this earth is that we don't have to strive and do it alone in our Christian journey, that tragedy happens to the believer and the non-believer alike, but that when we have a loving community around us, we get through it better because that's the gift that God's given us to get through it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Awesome. The, the New Testament is really, really clear on the idea. And I know you hear the idea that people say sometimes like, oh, I, I can I can follow Jesus and not go to church. And mm. I, I'm a Christian. I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And like, while you have to acknowledge part of that is true, like, depending on what your circumstances are, you might be ministering somewhere where there is no congregation to worship with, or you might be living somewhere remote, or whatever it is for you, right? But the intention, the design is that when we become followers of Jesus, we join his body. Yes. That's a really clear New Testament principle that you yeah. don't just get baptized into Jesus and then go and live your own life and wander around the streets all alone. You get baptized into his body, you become a follower, and you become part of that community. Yeah. And again, it's that imagery of a head and a body is how a human being is alive. You need both. And so you can't just have one, which we talked about a few weeks ago when we were talking about Ephesians chapter 5, which we're going to talk about again today. Are we too early to go there? No, but we'll, we'll take a break and then we'll, come we'll back take a break and we'll come into Ephesians chapter yeah. 5. Yeah. So um, stick with us. We'll be back with you very soon here on The Marriage Project. I will build my house where the storm won't drive on a rock that does not move. I will set my hope in your love, O oh Lord, in your faithfulness will prove you are steadfast, steadfast, you are steadfast, steadfast. 
starry host Or call out by name each night In your watchful care I will rest secure As you leave me with your life You are steadfast Steadfast You are steadfast Steadfast I will not trust in the strength of kings On your promise I will stand I will shout for joy I will raise my voice Hallelujah to the Lord You are staying Project. You're listening to Faith FM with Bethany and Chapo, and we've been talking about how your man- marriage is a mirror. How your marriage is How to mirror your marriage from a ministry model. <laughs> how to make a man. No, okay, we're talking about how to minister from your marriage. That's right. Is that right? It's been a big week. <laughs> We're, we're, we're sorry. We are tired and we are tongue tied as well. But a lot of talking, alliteration. We are talking about ministering from your marriage. Ministering from your marriage. I came up with that title and I couldn't even say it. That's right. But here we are. Well, because, and we spent a, a bit of time just talking about how society has changed so much and we've gone from being, um, villagers mm. and, and with strong family ties to very individualistic way of living our life and choosing what we value and choosing how we're going to raise our kids and live and all this kind of stuff. Right. Mm. Um, but when you are married, that's, you are very much part of a team. Even mm. if you are not part of any other bigger, broader community, your marriage is a community in its own. Mm. Um, so how can we, as a team, not just minister separately and individually on our own with our own calling and spiritual gifts? How can we also, as a team, minister together? That's right. For a common good. And that's, that's what we are specifically talking about today. Yeah. And we spent a bit of time before the break talking about the community of God and how that works and how, as a believer, we're all part of that, and it is a blessing and a gift that God has given us. But I wanted to talk about Ephesians chapter 5, which we talked about in depth a few weeks ago. If you want to go back and have a listen to that, you're welcome to. Um, but one of the things that was a key thing that came out of that is that Christ and the church 
Christ is a head and the church is a body. And when you look at a human being without a head or without a body, it is not a living human being. And when you go back to that Genesis original marriage, when it talks about the two became one flesh and that two people were one person together, it's that same idea that you need a head and a body. You need both together to function, to be alive, to be considered a living human being. That's right. And so in Ephesians chapter 5, there's this beautiful picture of what it means to be a husband and wife and why it's so important in the kingdom of God. And it's pretty cool. I'm just going to have a look with my eyes and see if I can find it here. I'm a bit of a blindy these days. It's one of the joys of getting older. Okay, it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water and the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother, hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become flesh. This is a mystery that is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Mm. So it says that this is a mystery. And I love that Paul uses that word mystery because when he talks about how much Jesus has done for us, how much he has loved us, how much he has given for us to restore us into a true picture of humanity, that is the mystery of God. That is the secret thing that God has given to us, is that human beings, instead of being just one, will be joined together and be part of the body of Christ, which is yeah. beautiful. It's hard for me not to want to go on theological tangents and oh, try to it? stay focused. Oh, because the mystery of God is such a big New Testament theme <laughs> that, that often comes up, and it's, and it's that mystery of just how deeply we are loved by God for nothing that we have done. But yeah. the mystery of God is the gospel. But anyway, I won't get carried away, but it's, <laughs> I love that idea. Yeah, it's very cool. And so this same mystery that is the mystery of oh my goodness, how much Jesus loves humanity. Paul is saying here, that mystery is also the mystery of marriage. Mm. That, oh my goodness, I can't believe how much they love each other. That they are willing to submit to one another and sacrifice their own needs for the other person. That's huge. It's massive. Yeah. And so your marriage is actually a picture of how Christ loves the church, a testimony of what the gospel means, of what the good news means. That people say, I don't really understand how God could love somebody. But when you look at these two people who are married, who are believers, I get an idea of what it means. Yeah. Look, I, I love church history, right? Okay. And we've talked before. Is this a tangent? It's a, it's a <laughs> bit of a tangent. I'm sorry. I knew. I was like, I saw your face. I'm like, oh, he's going. <laughs> The, the letters of, of Diognetus, do you remember these? Yes. And whereas these two people writing back back and forth, one's a, one's a pagan, like, idol worshipper, the other person is a Christian. This is, like, early early days Christianity, some of the oldest writings we've got. Yeah, so first and century letters. First century yep. letters, back and forth between two two people, right? And the pagan is writing to the Christian saying, why should I become a Christian? Like, like, what's so good about it? Why, you know, why do you keep talking about Jesus and, and this new way of living in the way of Jesus? And- 
So he's writing back and he's saying all these reasons why it's so great and what is so wonderful about Jesus. But then he says the most compelling reason to follow Jesus is just look at the community of faith and see how well they love each other. This is clearly not the work of me and this is the work of God. And mm-hmm. so his idea was that back then the church was loving each other so well and it was just this harmonious community of grace and favor and mercy to, to one another that it was like, all you have to do is look at how they live and you'll want to follow Jesus as well. Mm-hmm. Now, I honestly, I wish we could still say that about the church. I wish there wasn't so much some of the ugliness and the politics and the, the, the fighting and all that sort of stuff that has made its way into Christianity. I think that is not the work of God, a, a lot of that. But that same idea is what you were saying, what marriage should also be. Mm. The way that we love one another should be something that gets people's attention. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, wow, they really, they really care about each other. They really love one another because that is a picture of the way that God loves humanity. Yeah. So, in that letter, is that the one where he says, see how they love one see another? How see they how love they love one, one another. another. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's so true. And imagine that if somebody who didn't know God looked at your marriage and said, see how they love one another, that doesn't make any sense to me, but I want to know more about why they do that. Yeah. And that when that person asks you, why do you love your wife like that? Why do you love your husband like that? Even when... He lets you down even when she is rude. Why do you love them like that? And you say, it's because I'm loved by Christ. Yeah. See how they love one another. Like, how beautiful is that? Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. So, don't neglect the fact that your marriage is a testimony to the kingdom of God, to the good news of Jesus. Sometimes we just think, hey, it's just a cool thing to be doing life together. But it is so much more than that. Because we've talked in the past about the concept of marriage being a covenant mm-hmm. and how our promise to love one another, we declared that before God as a covenant. And now we're sort of, it's like we're kind of like under a contract, you know what I mean? Between mm-hmm. you and me and God to, to love and respect and care for one another. But it's, that's not the only reason to love one another. Yeah. There is the other reason, which is that by design, marriage is this, um, I, I can't think of a better word. It's a type. It's a, it's a, it's a, like a little model. Of the love that God has for people. Yeah. So, how sacred is marriage? It's a picture. It's a little picture. picture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's How sacred is it, though, because of because of that? Because of that reason, it's even more sacred and even more special and beautiful because it's an it's an image of, yeah, the, the divine love that God has for all of humanity. Mm. What more reason to, to honour it and to mm. strengthen it and to have marriage therapy and to make sure you schedule your date nights and to make sure that you use kind words and all the, all the stuff that we talk about. Because it's a sacred thing. Yeah. And we don't always get it right, too. Like, I just want to acknowledge that all the stuff that we talk about, sometimes we're talking to ourselves about, oh, yeah, that's a cool thing. We need to, we need to make sure we do more of that as well. <laughs> yeah. Because oh, 100%. a lot of the time we need to be challenged to continue to grow and to love one another well in our marriage. Because, like, nobody wants to look at the Christians and their marriages and go, see how the Christians didn't get divorced. No, that's not what we want to say. We want to say, see how they love one another. Because not getting divorced isn't how Jesus loves the church. Sacrificial yeah. living and dying is how Jesus loved the church. <laughs> yeah. Jesus isn't like reluctantly and begrudgingly committed to us because he made a promise a long time ago. Like, yeah. That's not, that's not the way that the love of God works to people. It, he's, he truly deeply cares about us in spite of our weakness and our shortcomings. He loves us. Yeah. And yeah. So just not getting divorced isn't the goal of Christian marriage. Yeah. Having a thriving, growing, beautiful, connection with another human being 
is the goal of marriage. And that takes work. It does. It does. And it doesn't know what we don't always get it right. That is true. And sometimes you, we're both tired. Like we are this week. <laughs> like and today. we snap at each other more than we usually do because we're still human and we're not perfect. Mm. But it's we do our best to recover from that and to repair as quickly as possible. Yes. Can I tell you about a guy called Pete? You can. Do I need to wait till after the you break? You might need to after, wait till after the break. If you're listening and you're like, why does Bethany never know when it's a break? It's because I'm real bad at time. But I'm married to a guy who's great at time and we'll talk about it after the break. That's right. Join the Faith FM family and connect with what's happening around the network. Visit faithfm.com.au slash newsletter or text the code word sign up to 0488-80831. And let's connect today. Are you interested in improving your parenting skills? What about learning how to pray? Maybe you're interested in living well and radically improving your health. Station partner Hope Channel Australia has a variety of free online courses to help you grow physically, mentally and spiritually. Visit hopechannel.com forward slash au to find out more. You are with Bethany and Chapo, and you have tuned into The Marriage Project, where we talk about biblical wisdom for marriage and how that translates into real life. We have been talking about ministering from your marriage. Yes. How you can see your marriage as an extension of your ministry, however you live that out in your personal relationship with Jesus and your relationship with others in the world. We've talked about a lot of different things so far. (laughs) Um, some tangents, but the, the Lately, last idea- we've talked about <laughs> how, like, God has given us a mission to do ministry and to serve others and to grow his kingdom. Yes. And that that is part of our marriage. And we've also talked about how in Ephesians chapter five, marriage is like a mini picture of how God loves the church. Christ loves the church. That's right. Yeah. And the point I brought out in that was that, that that is another reason why marriage is such a beautiful and sacred thing, because by its design, it is a, a little micro version of the love that God has for humanity. Yes. So, how so important our, it is to uphold it and cherish it. And so, our marriage is like a sign and it is a testimony and it is a wonder in the kingdom of God. It's not just like, cool, you get to do life together. It's so much more than that. Yeah. So, I want to talk to you about a guy called Pete or Peter, and I'm not sure if I'm saying his last name right, because I do have a very thorough Australian accent. But I'm going to go with Scazzaro. That sounds close enough. I think it might be Scazzaro. Scazzaro. I'm not sure. He's a New Yorker, so his accent's way, way different to mine. Anyway, so Peter Scazzaro, and he writes um, The Emotionally Healthy Leader and a whole bunch of emotionally healthy Emotionally Healthy Church, yeah. There's a ton of books that are under the banner Emotionally Healthy, and they are very good. They are great. And so, in one of those, in the Emotionally Healthy Leader, he talks about this idea of leading as a believer from your marriage or from your singleness. Like God has given you your singleness, and God has given you your marriage as a gift. So lead from that space, and don't neglect who you are as a leader or as a person who is serving. Which is really cool. Yeah, that is really interesting. So, here's a quote. He says, Married couples bear witness to the depths of Christ's love. That's what we've just been talking about before the break. Their vows focus and limit them to loving one person exclusively, permanently, and intimately. Singles, vowed or dedicated, bear witness to the breadth of God's love because they are not limited to vow 
to one person, they have the freedom to express the love of Christ to a broad range of people. Both marrieds and singles point to reveal Christ's love, but in different ways. Both need to learn from one another about these different aspects of Christ's love. I thought that was really cool. So when you're yeah. single, you can have the broadness of Christ's love. You can love so many people and you can make them part of your world and you can stretch out wide and you can include so many people in your circle. But when you're married, you're showing other people that love goes deep. It is a truly deep thing that Christ loves us. I love that. Wow, That's yeah. Cool, so hey? saying that both are really great. Yeah, but different. But different. And honour the difference. Because, and, and I think that's – and, you know, Paul talked about the idea of like um, about some people will be single and mm. then it will be better for their ministry to be single because of the things you can do as a single person you can't do as a married person. And you think of the way that Jesus ministered and the way that Paul ministered, living homelessly for a lot of the time. You can't take your wife and kids out on a homeless journey to minister somewhere like and it's it's not wise i don't recommend it <laughs> maybe you could but i, I would <laughs> but do you know what i mean you can't yes I, you know and for me as a, there's a lot of risks that you can't take as a parent and as a married person that you can as a single person yes you, you've got right. a lot more responsibility liability those sorts of things yeah and yep. like for me as a family man and as a father and also a pastor i could easily be out every single evening to, to do ministry work because that's when most people are not at work and that's when I have the best time to catch people. But for me to do that is to rob you and to rob my kids of my time and that time that is also really important for you mm. and your, you know, enjoyment <laughs> as being a human and my kids' exposure to, to me as their dad. Like, I, yeah, but as a single person, I could do a whole lot more. Mm. But both are really special and important. Yeah. and But it's really important. I, as a married person cannot minister like I'm a single person. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. And I love that, like, because marriage is a choice to limit yourself, to limit yourself to loving one person, to limit yourself to living with one person, to limit yourself to doing life in the trajectory of the invisible future with one person. So marriage is a limitation that we place on ourselves because of the deep love that God has asked us to give to another person. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an act of love that limits us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, do you want to listen to a couple of things that Pete says? He's uh, got a please. few tips. Yeah. What are, what are these tips? Okay. So, a couple of them are um, place the highest priority on cultivating a healthy marriage that reveals Jesus' love to the world. Make that your first ambition. Okay. Read that again. I want to just focus. So, make, that sink in. make a marriage that reveals, your, reveals Christ's love to the world your highest ambition. Yeah. So, first... Before all the other stuff, make your first ambition to have a deep, loving, connected, revealing Christ to the world marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and cultivate that, which we've talked a little bit about date nights and about intentionality and about the little things that you do over time um, yeah, that build up your marriage. A, I think it's the first time we've put it in the context of something that is actually important to the ministry of God. Like, mm. you know, we've talked about how, how all these things are better for your marriage because, of course, you want to have a better marriage. And, like, who wouldn't want to have a good marriage as opposed to a stinky marriage? Like, mm. but we're talking about that all these things that Did you, you do. stinky marriage? Stink, I, I don't know. I couldn't think of a, <laughs> Sorry. Of a, good, uh, a good kosher word to use. Anyway. Yeah. Rubbish marriage. I don't a know. A no good marriage. <laughs> no good marriage. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but we've talked about all these things that you can do, like date nights, like, you know, like marriage retreats, like, what else? Have we, I don't know. So many different things yeah. about 
um, we talked about turning towards one another instead of away from one another. Yeah. About about listening to one another, communicating well. All of those things but build up a marriage. We've talked about all those things about making your marriage stronger so that you have a, a more enjoyable experience as a married person. But mm. now we're saying it's not just that you will have a better experience as a marriage person, but that it's actually part of your discipleship. It's actually part of you revealing Jesus to the world by having a thriving marriage where yeah. you love each other deeply. Yeah. And that's another thing that Pete says. He says to consider the image that you're creating in your marriage. Like your marriage is a mini picture of Jesus. What what colors are you using for that image? What are you painting it to look like? How are you making it grow and be and exist? Like, is it the kind of image of Christ that a two-year-old would draw or is it the kind of image of Christ that Picasso would draw or is it the kind of image of Christ that would be painted on the roof of the Sistine Chapel? Like, what are you cultivating together in your love? Yeah. Yeah. That's really Pete cool. didn't say all that stuff. No, I added all you the added, yeah, but, yeah, but you took the idea yeah. and we developed it further. <laughs> like, I, I don't claim. Because all of them are still an image of Christ, but yeah. some are more glorious than others. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Um, I had a thought, but it's did left you lose now. it? I, I lost it. Sorry, I interrupted you. I'm a chronic interrupter and I'm a bad time manager, and <laughs> I love you for um still loving me through that. That's okay. Um, experience a direct connection between your oneness with Jesus and the oneness with your spouse. So, having connection with your spouse is as important as your connection with Jesus. Both yeah. are things that you need to cultivate in your life, and things that don't just happen. You have to be intentional about. Yeah, and look. Time. This, this is from our classic carving out time. Yeah, but we've talked about before about the um about the husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church, right? Mm-hmm. So there's that the that's that's that your love should in some way reveal more of Christ's love to your spouse. We've also talked about the um the Genesis two word, which is remind me what the word is, the Ezer. Oh yeah, the helper, which yes. is a word that's more commonly used for God than anything else. So yes. that so that the way that the wife comes alongside her husband is a way that reveals more of God to him. There's a you know in our marriage to one another, we should. I just going off the quote that he said, be learning more of the way that God loves me as a person. Mm. Like I should be loving you, and I need to intentional. I'm not saying I do, but need to be intentional and praying about it and focusing on my love for you, so that by God's grace you experience more of God's love through the way that I love you. Oh, yeah. So, not just like a picture to outsiders, but like God has given me the challenge to this one person, how do I show them his love? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Like, I, I, I would love it if if your life was better because mm. of the way that I loved you mm. than it mm. would be if I without me. Like, that's that would be awesome. That's really cool. Um, another thing that he says is proactively and regularly invest your time, energy, and money into making your marriage better, into knowing your spouse better, into loving your spouse better. Yeah. Great Time, point. energy, and money show that we actually care and we're being intentional and we're invested in yeah. something. And I'll say it again. We, you buy a car and you spend a lot of money buying a car, but you expect to put new tires on it. You expect to replace a windscreen when it breaks. You expect to get it serviced regularly. You expect to have to pay rego. You expect to have to do a timing chain eventually. You expect to, all this sort of stuff has to get done, right? Mm-hmm. But you think you can spend a whole lot of money on your wedding day and never have to invest any time or money or effort into keeping that relationship strong, you know? Mm. Like, uh, just, an, again, a great point. Like, make it a priority to the point where it costs you because it's worth the cost. Yeah. 
Exactly, exactly. Um, okay, so this is a really cool one in terms of your ministry and the choices that you make. Consider the impact that a significant ministry decision could have on your marriage. Okay, that is a really big idea. So big that we're going to have to leave it till after the break. Cool. All right, we'll be back here very soon on Faith FM. Stick with us. Swim in the ocean of his to find out. Download the free Faith FM app for your smartphone or tablet to see our full daily schedule of programs and music. Welcome back to Faith FM and the Marriage Project with Bethany and Chapo. So fab to have you listening along with us. If you've just joined us, we've been talking about ministering from your marriage today and how when we serve, when we serve one another, when we serve the wider church community, it needs to come from us as a marriage person because God has blessed us with the marriage that we've got. And something I do want to let everyone know is that whenever Bethany comes back from the break like that and she says, welcome back to Faith FM, she waves <laughs> as, as, if, as if you could all see her. She's actually like, she's waving and got her hand up and like, welcome back and waving, but you can't see. So, just wanted to well, let, let you know. I just, <laughs> I'm communicating with my whole body, even though you can only hear my That's voice right, right now. <laughs> So, we were talking a bit about Peter Scazzaro and about emotionally healthy leadership before the break and his cool advice about being a married person and serving from your marriage and serving one another in marriage as well. So, when we are asked to do stuff in church, in life, in serving other people in humanity, consider how... This is a really important thing I'm being asked, but how's it going to impact my marriage? How's this decision going to be 
moving my marriage in a certain direction, good or bad. And that's where we were just about to go before the break. Can you reread that last quote that you read just before we went to the break? Yeah. Consider the impact a significant ministry decision could have on your marriage as a key factor in discerning God's will. Huge. There. And can I add a part B to that as well, which is the next thing that he sure. says? Don't overfunction in your ministry at the expense of your marriage. Okay, you read that one one more time. Don't overfunction in your ministry at the expense of your marriage. Yeah, huge. Yeah, I think both of those are really like hand in hand. So one is like when you say yes to something, consider how it's going to affect your marriage. When you're doing and doing and doing and doing, consider, hey, I'm actually a married person and this is out of balance and I need to get back into balance as well. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And I think that you and I can speak to that from our ma- our marriage and ministry experience. Because Chapo and I are both pastors, for those of you who didn't know that. Both, both of us are pastors. We met studying theology together in the classroom, learning Greek and Hebrew and ancient biblical texts. And we have served both together and individually. In a different capacity in different roles. Churches, worked, in different churches, in different roles, yeah. In different churches, we've both pastored in the same church before. Yeah. We've both worked in departmental roles um, at the same time and worked in the same office. We've And now currently, I am pastoring a church. I pastor the Gateway Church in Kurumbong that runs out of Avondale School, and you are the Women's Ministries Director at the Conference Office, and we mm. don't currently have ministry roles that cross paths other than this radio show. That's right. This is our like crossover area of together ministry. Which is a bit different to how things have been for a long time where we were both pastoring in the same church. So, for the last three years, we've been co-pastoring a church before this year. Yeah. And we really enjoyed the benefit of that church community receiving both of our spiritual gifts and also getting to love our family as an entire unit as we served in that community and in that space, right? Yes. But at the same time... What did we spend all our date nights on and all of our free babysitting with my mom on? Yeah. What? It's not a rhetorical. No, it's going to meetings. Meetings, yeah, yeah, going to meetings. So, so so it cost us a lot. It did. I want to, I want to just come back to that in a sec though. I I just want to focus a bit more on, on what Pete said. On what Pete said. Yeah. Um, because, and I kind of like what I brought up before. If you're a married person, then factor in, is this ministry opportunity going to hurt my marriage? Because mm-hmm. if it is going to hurt your marriage, then I don't believe it's God's will for you to pursue that. Yes. You cannot minister as a single person if you are not a single person. Yeah. You cannot minister in the same way, just like you can't vice versa. You can't yeah. marry a, minister as a married person if you're not, like, but it goes the other way. And the problem I see time and time again, which is why, unfortunately, there is such a high rate of pastors having dysfunctional marriages. There's high rates of pastors you know, falling into extramarital affairs in this terrible high rates of pastors' children who don't want anything to do with the church growing up is because I think for so long we have a heart for people and we respond to need and there is never going to be an end to the need to respond to. Your church will never be healthy enough. Your ministries will never be complete. There'll never be people who don't need your time. But All of you, your emails would never be replied to. But you cannot <laughs> minister. Like a single person if you are not a single person. Yeah, yeah. You have to minister out of what God has built around you. And if God has built a family around you, then you have to minister out of that without neglecting that. Mm, mm. That I just is had so that true. rant ready to go. I couldn't. That was a beautiful yeah. rant, Chapo. I'm yeah. s- I'm glad that you came back to it because it, it is a really important thing to note as well that if you're a married person, don't try and minister like you're not a married person because God has given you that marriage and blessed you with that marriage, and you have chosen to limit yourself to that one person for the rest of your life so live like it that's right yeah absolutely and keep making that picture of god's love for the world 
part of your marriage. And and look, I'm passionate about this because it's an area that we need to grow in. Mm. And this is, this is the vulnerable time of you and I need to, this is something that we, I think we strive for, but we fail at it often. Yeah. And that's what I said. We have, we gave up for three years, all of our babysitting, I think. And we've even spoken about the importance of regular date nights and how that grows and fosters more love for one another and more connection and more intimacy and better sex lives and all this kind of stuff. But for years, we gave up all of our babysitting so that we could go to board meetings together and vision casting meetings and yeah. elders meetings and all this kind of stuff. Um, because it was, we had, both had to go. and Yeah. And it was like our marriage got the scraps. Yeah. And that the church got the, all the good stuff. And sometimes our kids got the scraps as well. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's, that's not okay. And it's something that we need to repent from. Yeah. And there might be other people who are hearing and it's, that story is resonating with them. And yeah, they need to do it because I'd never want to come across as though just because we are the ones who get to talk to people on the radio because we love doing it and we're really passionate about marriage that we're perfect and we've got it all together. Far mm. from it. There's a lot that we still are working on. Mm, absolutely. But we work on it because we think it matters. And I think you can like, and it's something you have to be proactive and intentional about it. Like I like that you use those words proactive and intentional because you can fall out of step, like you can have it under control one month and then the next month you get smashed with a whole bunch of different opportunities and choices and responsibilities and you have to go, whoa, my life's fallen out of balance. I need to get it back in check. I need to be intentional about it. I need to be proactive about it. And that's really important too, that there's grace for that when things fall out of step, but there's also opportunity for us to take take stock and recount. Yeah. And, and yeah. And it's been really interesting. Something I've noticed with our dynamic just in our relationship is when we were both ministering in the same church with the same projects, the same burdens, the same difficult situations, all this kind of stuff, we didn't pull each other up because mm. we were just as bad as each other and we knew yeah. what had to be done to accomplish it. But now that we're ministering in different roles, you're much more inclined to say, you need to slow down. Yeah. You need to stop. You need to take a day off. You are not okay and vice versa because we're not in the same yeah. Hole with it, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And another thing that I've noticed is we have to be a lot more intentional with communication because when we were working together, when we were talking about work stuff together, it sort of had the appearance of constantly talking to each other, constantly checking in with one another because it was about work stuff, not necessarily about how you're going, but it was always communicating. But now that we're in different work spheres, we're not always communicating. So it feels like communication is smaller, even though Maybe we're not good communication before it was. Maybe just, yeah. neither is more about our marriage or our relationship, but the communication factor has changed That's as right. well. Yeah. 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 So it's very interesting. And we're just like reflecting yeah, deeply while yeah, in the radiation. Heavy, everyone. All right. So can we talk a little bit about Priscilla and Aquila? Do we have a moment to talk about them? We do. Awesome. So in scripture, there is a power couple called Priscilla and Aquila. And they are mentioned six times in scripture and they are always mentioned together. Priscilla is the girl. Yeah. Aquila, which I just think is worth mentioning because I didn't know for a long time if Aquila was another, was a man or was like, a, yeah, well, or it's like not- if they were friends who ministered together, like just hearing the names together, mm. not until you read the story and realize that they were husband and wife. Mm. Um, but yeah, Aquila is a man's name. There's, yeah, Aquila is a man's name. It's not usual today, but it was common back then. Yeah. And so they are a married couple who are also a ministry couple. Um, in Acts chapter 18, it tells us that they are also tent makers and that is their profession. So that's how they make money is by being tent makers. And we don't usually have many tent makers today either. Um, yeah. and then that they also ministered as well. Um, 
something cool. Can I read you a little bit of their story? I would love it. Acts chapter 18. Uh, I should have had my finger there, but I never did. Acts chapter 18. And you can find their story in Acts chapter 18 and Romans chapter 16 and 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and 2 Timothy the chapter four as well. So, so they were a big deal. In, as far as the New deal. Testament church went, although they didn't write any of the letters that have made it into the canon or anything like that, they um they keep popping up they in keep all the New Testament up letters. All through the New Testament letters, yeah. Yeah. They were and key players. They're a power couple. Like they're in a lot of the greetings that you find from Paul. Like they were they were Paul called them co workers or co laborers in the ministry with him. Um so Acts chapter eighteen And verse 24 to 26, it says, Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord. And being fervent in the spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Mm. So you hear Apollos pop up a couple of times in the New Testament letters as well. Um, he was a really charismatic, on-fire teacher and preacher, and his theology is not quite right. He's not quite got the message of Jesus and the people who teach him what the Bible really says and what baptism really means and what the gospel is really about is Priscilla and Aquila. And both of them are straightening out this man's theology. Both of them are teaching and preaching and growing somebody else in the kingdom of God. So I love that they, yeah, they're always together. They're always ministering and serving together. It's not like Priscilla does her thing and Aquila does his thing and then they high five each other at the end of the day and they're like, good work for Jesus. But they actually do it together. And I love that. Um, In Romans 16, Paul calls them co-workers. He calls them his friends. Um, And it also in Romans 16 and 1 Corinthians 16 talks about how they had a church in their home. And they lived in a couple of different places. Here it's talking about Ephesus. It talks about them in Corinth. It talks about them in Rome. Wherever they went, they had a church in their home. And I think that's really beautiful too. Like, is your home, and this is something that I'm big on, but I'm also challenged in because time and life and chaotic and busyness, but is your home a place where you're ministering, where you're serving, where people know that this is a sanctuary, a place where God lives, a place where I can receive healing and love and connection and growth in my faith when I come through the doors? What's your home like in your marriage, yeah, in your community? That's that's, uh, that's one that's causing deep reflection for me. We do need to take a break. We do. We do. Okay. We'll be back in uh, just a moment here on Faith FM. Hey there, compadres. This is Robbie Morgan. And if you'd like to have a more vibrant walk with God, then join me each week on Thursday afternoons for Real Faith. We'll be digging deep into the scriptures and having some fun with our weekly interactive discussions. I'd love you to be there, so make sure to tune in. Check Faith FM program for showtimes, 3.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Terms and conditions apply. Our team here at Faith FM are encouraging you to stay positive and look out for others in this virus season. But maybe it's you that's in a tough spot right now due to the coronavirus. Maybe you're running low on supplies, out of work, stuck in self-quarantine, or just needing someone to chat to. We don't have any instant solutions, but there are many community services available to help. And if you don't know where to turn to, Contact us on 1-800-FAITH-FM through our website, faithfm.com.au or on Facebook, and we may be able to connect you with someone in your community who can offer support. You're listening to The Marriage Project with Bethany and Chapo. We've been talking about ministering from your marriage today, and in the break, we've just realized that we're probably going to need to do a part two because we've got five minutes left and we're wrapping up today and we've 
talked about so much and it's been so good and we want to talk about it more. Yeah, I think the more I've been investing in this conversation, the more I realise I'm really passionate about this idea. Let's do it. Let's bring it back again next time. So, we've spent a bit of time, for those of you who've just joined us, we've spent a bit of time talking about how your marriage is a ministry and how your marriage is a picture of how Jesus loves the church and how you show the world around you what God looks like and what God's love looks like because of the way that you love your spouse. Yep. And we spent a bit of time talking about a guy called Pete Scazzaro, Peter Scazzaro, and what he says about how to lead from your marriage or lead from your singleness to acknowledge that your marriage is a gift from God and that when you serve in ministry or when you say yes to things, you need to do it as a married person and not as a single person, which I think is a really cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you would have to listen if you if you've only just tuned in, you'll have to listen back on the oh, podcast yeah. later to to understand what that means. Because otherwise, I should just chirp in there because you did say before, um, referring to one of our the 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 show we did on Ephesians chapter 5 yes. a few weeks ago, and you said you can go back and listen to that. I just want to let people know that if they do want to catch up on any of the episodes of The Marriage Project or any of the shows that get aired on Faith FM, you can go and find them just at faithfm.org.au, and you can go to programs and podcasts, and you can listen to all of the old episodes there. Yeah, and, catch and, up and wherever you listen to your podcast as well, you can find Faith FM podcasts as well. Right. So this uh, faithfm.com.au. Sorry, I said org. Oh. Faithfm.com.au. So the Marriage Project is podcasted as well. Like just the recordings that, as they appear on the radio, are also put on a podcast channel, and you can look up Bethany and Chapo with two Ps, and he will come. We will come up <laughs> on the marriage project on your like Apple podcast as well. Yep. Um, and we, we love that there's opportunity to go back and re-listen and think about stuff or if you've missed it, which is cool. Yeah. Um, so we've been talking about Priscilla and Aquila, power couple of the New Testament. And I really like those guys. They're pretty fun. The main thing that we've talked about, and we'll talk a bit more about them next time, is that they did everything together, that they didn't go off and say, see you at the end of the day, honey, and do their own ministry thing, but that you see them together every time. They're together making tents, Yeah, they're also together making disciples. Yeah, they're making money and they're making disciples. I like that. Yeah. Which is cool. It's very cool. Which is interesting because we've talked about so many different aspects of why you could, how ministry can happen from your marriage. And I guess it's because right at the start, you said, what's ministry? And I said, wow, well, ministry covers so many different things under the banner of how we want to serve Jesus and grow the kingdom of God. So in the same way, we've talked about how ministering from your marriage can be loving each other well so that people see a good picture of, of love. In, in the world. We, we've mm. talked about that your marriage is actually like a little micro model of the, of the, um, the love that God has for people. We've talked about that we can't minister as single people. Like we don't have other responsibilities when we're married and neglect our marriage as we go out and do things for God. Like the, we've talked about, there's so many different ways that ministering as a marriage person needs to be discussed and fleshed out and, and understood. Yeah, absolutely. And just like, for the life of the believer, ministry is part of how you live your life. So, also, it's how you live your marriage. That's and right. so, you need to make sure that it's they're both in alignment. They're not two conflicting things like, I minister and then, oh, some, oh yeah, I am married. i got to not neglect that too. But actually going, as a married person, what's the best that I can do? How's the best that I can put myself out into the world and serve the world and serve other people and show people Jesus? Yep. Not as an add-on, if that yeah. makes sense as well. Yeah. Because yeah. God has given you your spouse to love and to honour and to serve and to show his deep, 
deep love to. Because the other side of this is that is that you would not engage in ministry because life's just too busy. And why would I want to be an elder in my church? Or why would I want to go out on a service trip or join a storm co or all this kind of stuff or, or, or be a part of the preaching team or something like that? Because there's already so much to do. Um, but I also love it when, when someone's spouse encourages their spouse to say, Hey, go and do this. Go and shine for God. Go, yes, it's go. Both. It's both. Yeah. It's both. But it's also doing that from the space that you can do it as a married person and not the opposite, running out and spending all your time and killing your family to try to serve God in a way that I don't think he's called you to do it. But there's so much, there's so much stuff to talk about. Yes. So join us for part two next time. And thanks so much for joining today with us and listening today with us about everything that we've had to say. And yeah. a few of Chapo's tangent, tangent, <laughs> tangent rants. Tangent rants. Yeah. Is, there, is there a word like, is tangent? No, no that's no, not a word. No. no. I sometimes make up words, so sorry about that. Yep. But <laughs> we've loved being with you again. We look forward to being back with you next week on The Marriage Project. See ya. See ya. See ya.